The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. It's the episode you've been waiting for. The Legends of Fantasy Basketball. Yes, it's true. I am not one of them, but I am very happy to be hosting not one, but two of the biggest names to ever grace the fantasy basketball stage. The great Dr. A, Steve Alexander, will be followed on the podcast by our founder, Aaron Bruski, two old buddies. And I talked to one, and then I talked to the other about what the first one said. Among so many other things that get slipped in there, such as Steve's favorite guys, Brew's thoughts on a lot of the hype players, both guys breaking down the insanity that is the first round of fantasy drafts this year. There are so many questions right now about who to take first. Who do I take first in fantasy this year? Is it Harden? Maybe. Is it Cat? Is it AD? Is it Steph? Are you in a league where Luka and or Giannis make more sense at the top? I'm not. Also on today's podcast, the Dan Bespris Old Man Squad. You guys have been clamoring for this final list, and it is officially here. I do it late because I want to wait for ADPs to settle. For instance, you know, a month ago or a month and a half ago, I did a show where I was like, here are the guys that I think are going to end up on the Dan Vespers Old Man Squad. Uh, Rudy Gobert almost fell off the list because I thought his ADP was going to be in the mid to late 30s, and it ended up at 29. Some of these guys didn't take the hit I thought they were going to take. So I wanted to wait until the ADP settled, and we're going to go through those. Uh, the Dan Vespers Old Man Squad, by the way, for those uninitiated, are is generally my list of guys that I think are so boring that they've fallen sometimes multiple rounds past where they should just because they're not really that fun to have on your fantasy team. But damn it, they win leagues. But in addition this year, because I thought there were a bunch of guys on the board, one, two, three, four, five, six, there are like 10, 13, I think 13 names of guys that I don't think are traditional old man squad types. Like, uh, you know, li- listen, like Tobias Harris. I don't care how old he is. He's an old man squad guy. But then there's some other guys out there, uh, like, uh, say, DeJounte Murray, who's clearly not an old man squad kind of guy, but is one of my favorite value plays this year. So I have three tiers we're going to go through. I'm calling the whole thing the Dan Vespers old man squad because that's funny and people like it. But I have a section called Superstars on Discount. I have the traditional old man squad. And then a section I'm calling Dan's non-boring value guys. (laughs) They're not sleepers because everybody knows all these guys. I think there might be like maybe one name on that list that hasn't been talked about thoroughly on a podcast before. So none of them is a guy that you're like, oh, I didn't even think of that guy. All of these guys are dudes who are like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. But I happen to think they're they're values. Okay, so that'll be the three-tiered thing. So we have a lot of really big things to get to today. Uh, Dr. A first, Bruce second, Old Man Squad third. 
And uh, the first thing I should do is probably welcome you to the podcast. This is Fantasy NBA Today. You're listening to Fantasy NBA Today. This is a hoop ball presentation. I want this to be the biggest show we have ever done. So as you're listening to this, if you could please take a moment to follow me on Twitter, at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. You can also follow me by just searching Dan from Hoopball, and my Twitter usually is the third thing that pops up there. Again, it's at Dan Bespris. Please do that, number one. And number two, please help me spread the word on this episode. This is one of the, this might be the episode I'm most proud of in the history of the podcast. Two legends of fantasy, the old man squad, sleepers, get guys, first round discussion. It's a big one. We're jumping into it right now. The Legends of Fantasy Friday episode continues with the great Steve Alexander. You know him as Dr. A. Welcome back to the show, man. How you been? I'm good, man. How you been? Um, I don't know. It's a weird, it's a loaded question this year, isn't it? <laughs> I guess. I mean, I've been, I spent a lot of time in draft rooms lately. <laughs> yeah, a lot of time in draft rooms. A lot of time trying to like figure out what to do with existence in a weird year where you can't go where you need to go, you can't do what you want to do, and then the NBA flipped things around on us kind of fast, a little bit quick. By the way, you can follow Dr. A on Twitter, at that, basically, but there's a K in there, D-O-C-K-T-O-R-A. You guys likely already do, but on the off chance you don't, that's the Twitter handle. So I want to dive right into actually that topic today, um, which is how this year is a little bit different than other years. And, and we've been getting a lot of questions on what folks are doing differently and kind of just in terms of prep. Uh, does a draft, are you drafting differently? Steve, I know you you really like to get your guys. But before we get to that part, is there <laughs> anything you're doing to uh, to sort of change up your routine this year with the quick turnaround prep? Uh, are you drafting teams differently at all because of COVID? Or is it just kind of try to do everything at, at hypersonic speed? Yeah, you know, for me, like, this is a job, but it's also fun. And most of the leagues that, that we play in, there, there's not really a lot of money involved. And you can kind of, like, we play because it's fun and we like it. That's the reason that we have these jobs. And like you said, man, I like to go get my guys. And even even in the middle of a pandemic and a short off season and, um, so many uncertainties coming into to this season. I'm still that guy that is going to have a list of guys I have in my head <laughs> that I want when I go to draft, and that's who I'm going to go after. Now, how I put that list together, I guess, uh, works with your question because I'm going to draft young, healthy players. Like, like the way things are going, this whole uncertainty with mm. Anthony Davis and LeBron James and James Harden. Like, there's so many guys that, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is dealing with uh, the loss of, of several family members. And, and he only played in, what, 35 games last year. Total bust. He's a question mark. So for my money, a guy like Trey Young who we know is going to be out there every day and we know is going to ball out. Like he just seems safe to me. And I, I'd rather have safe than uncertainty this year. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, everybody that listens to this show knows that I'm one of the safest fantasy draft guys ever. It's why, you know, my, my picture is sort of locked now with Tobias Harris, who, who has kind of defined safe lately, but yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a really good point. You're in a shortened season already. So every game is 
whatever it is, it's like 10, 12% more important than it, than a game was last year. And there are a lot of things hanging over people. So what do you do with a guy like Harden? Would you take him in the first round? Let's say he fell to you at like four. Would you take him there? Well, it's easy for me to answer that question because if Luca's there, I'm taking Luca. So, uh, I have one, two, three, four, wherever, and that means I usually don't have to worry about about dealing with James Harden. But man, I when this first started, when his trade request out of Houston first happened, my thought process was it really doesn't matter because wherever he plays, he's going to be the guy, and he's going to put up James Harden numbers. That's just it's just a fact, right? But what if he does end up in some place like Brooklyn or or Philly, um, where he has to, where he's not going to be doing everything by himself? And, and what if this whole trade demand, bad blood thing, ends up in him holding out, or the the Rockets being like, you know what, dude, we're not we're not giving you away for free, and nobody's giving us what we want, so we're just gonna we're just gonna chill out. And you know, it's possible that could happen. And it's there's just too much uncertainty, man. I I I, I don't think I'm drafting James Harden. Wow, what a, you know? I I got to admit though, the the last scenario that you proposed is is also the one that scares me a little bit. The other stuff, like yeah, you know, if he goes to Philly, Embiid would be a, a higher usage guy than most folks he's used to. Although you know Westbrook did have the ball a lot, and so you kind of figure it'll level off. Even if he takes a little dip there, at least if you're getting the games under his belt, the one thing that could derail a season is if if it was sort of Anthony Davis-like, where he was playing half a game, sitting for a game, then playing another half of a game. Do you think it could get that far? I, I would hope that it doesn't, but, you know, these guys, when, when, the, <laughs> when the players are making more money than... than is reasonable then they don't have to worry about like they they don't they don't have to play basketball to survive right now i mean they have enough money in the bank that they're good and if harden it's all it's a personal decision you know if he gets frustrated enough you're like you know what guys i'm just gonna be over here watching until y'all work this out you know i i don't think it's gonna come to that but it could you know i don't know I wasn't planning on asking you this, but where do you think he ends up this year? Do you think he finishes the year in Houston, Philly, Brooklyn, somewhere, some other dark horse team? I mean, if I had to guess right now, I'd say Philly. Yeah, me too. Um, and I don't, I don't think he's going to be in Houston for very long because it's, it, I mean, it's made it so clear that he's done there. And when, when these, you know, in today's universe, when players say they're done, they usually they usually are moved out pretty pretty quickly. And while we're talking about this, um, you used to hear about holdouts, like players would hold out. Uh, and I guess it happens in football. Um, but you used to hear about holdouts a lot more than you do in today's world. And basketball, we really haven't seen a lot of holdouts. So if if Harden actually were to do something like that, it would it would be interesting because we just don't see it in hoops. Yeah, that's it'd be. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think he'll probably get out there like you. I, I remain somewhat confident in it. Would you, I'm going a little far down the rabbit hole here. Cause I do still want to talk about uh, the docs guys here. Um, but would you make any adjustments to other rockets or Sixers players on draft day with the, the expectation you and I agree on this. I, we, we both feel like Philly is the most likely destination. So would you 
do anything in your draft board to a guy like a Ben Simmons or even a Tobias Harris who would be more of a peripheral impact kind of thing or you know we don't know what would be going back to Houston in trade I assume would be around Ben Simmons but would you make any adjustments to the other guys or are we going too far into the hole at that point I think it's I mean it's too it's it, trade rumors and I don't really get along very well you know, in, <laughs> in the off season, everybody's talking about, Oh, this, this is going to happen. And this, all these trade rumors and free agency rumors, but you know, 80% of the time those are wrong. And I, I don't want to go start messing with depth charts in my head and, and, you know, pre plotting, you know, what if he ends up here and then he gets traded to, you know, somewhere else and then you've you've wasted a bunch of time so i I don't i don't spend time on that yeah i agree um let's get to your guys these are these are dr a's guys i'm i'm we know luca and i'm looking at your 30 deep team as we record this right now we're what are we in the eighth round or something uh late seventh round in 30 deep right now uh you obviously didn't have an early enough pick to get luca uh (laughs) he was he was off the board before uh who was who was your first pick was that ja Ja Morant, yep. So where I I've actually completely forgotten. So he's a so Ja's a guy. Christian Woods a guy. Who am I missing on the Steve list? Well, I, I'll tell you what. We'll talk. I drafted with Brewski uh, last night in Rick Camla's league. Oh yeah, Brew was telling me he was stressed out about that one. <laughs> well, I forgot all about. It. I didn't even know what was happening. I was at my buddy's house playing Golden Tee, and my alarm on my phone went off, and it said Camla draft no, no, no. at seven, and I was like, oh my, I didn't even. I don't have a computer. I don't, and you know, I'm, I'm an old school, uh, old guy. So I, I like to draft, do my drafts on a computer and like be sitting down in front. Oh, completely agree. Completely agree. Yeah. You gotta have, you gotta have the big monitor. You gotta have, you gotta have your space. You can't have things. You can't have anarchy around you. That's not how you draft a winning team. Well, so I, I drafted this thing on my phone, which I've never done a straight phone (laughs) draft. I don't think ever. And I'm sitting on, this guy's living room couch. There's like six or seven people milling around behind me, and and anyway, so I, I pops up. I get the number one pick, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm finally gonna get Luke on a team this year because I have I don't have him anywhere because uh, I've I've had lower than you know pick four in every draft. Uh, so I got Luke at number one. I was pretty psyched about that. Comes back around. Uh, I wanted SGA, one of my guys at a. Uh, 24 he went two picks before i picked so i ended Mm. up taking De'Aaron fox who i like a lot this year um and then in round three i'm like well it's not gonna be back to me for 24 picks or whatever my guy christian wood's not gonna be there when it comes back so i'm just gonna take him now so i took wood Wood at 25 wood at 25 wow and then i didn't pick again till the end of round four and I went Buddy Healed. I like that one. And then I went Michael Porter Jr., my other guy, first pick around five, which I, I that's that's a reach, but it's not crazy. And no, again, no. I do this for I do this for fun. And I, I just wanted to see how many of my guys I could get. And so so far things are going perfectly. I was like, I I got all my guys. <laughs> and then uh round six, the very end of round six, uh, I went with Thomas Bryant and Wendell Carter Jr. back to back, locked up some centers. I like Bryant. He went to IU. I'm wearing an IU hat right now, actually. <laughs> um, and Wendell Carter Jr., I'm not a Wendell Carter Jr. guy historically. Like 
he's boring. I, I don't think he's that good, but Billy Donovan seems to be getting through to him. And I like the way they're using him, uh, getting him more involved defensively, which I think is, is actually helping him on the offensive end. Like I kind of feel like Wendell Carter Jr. Might have a breakout season. I don't know why, but so I got those two centers back to back. And then I went with the guy who burned me last year. I got Marvin Bagley and then Josh Richardson back to back. I I'm scared of Bagley, but I got him in round 10 instead or round, uh, eight instead of round four you know last year he burned everybody who took him in like round four or five so round eight if Bagley doesn't work out I'll just cut him but uh Josh Richardson's a guy I was not very excited about him going to Dallas until I watched his last two games and watching him play with Luca um he looks legit and shooting at lights out from downtown he's a steals steals guy he gets rebounds and assists and with Chris Porzingis being hurt, it's like Luca and Josh Richardson and Tim Hardaway Jr. Like that's those are going to be the three guys. So I am kind of fired up about Josh. Yeah. Do you think his Do you think his steals and blocks come come back, or do you think it even matters at this point because he's actually going to be in a, a better situation? Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be playing so much and and be a part of everything. I I do think the steals and blocks are coming back. Like I, I think he's going to have a really good year. I have a question that you 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 sort of struck me when you were talking about Marvin Bagley as he fits this profile of kind of the post-type guy, where last year everybody was really excited about him, and then he just completely detonated his season with his suspensions and injuries, and that was a lost year. Uh, so he's a more prototypical kind of post-type type. He had a terrible year. Everybody's sour on him. Nobody wants to take him, and so he falls four or five rounds. There were a couple guys this year that finally fell after like a half decade of underperforming. And I was wondering if you saw this also. It, it struck me as interesting. Blake Griffin being arguably the, the greatest example of this. This is a guy who's been, at least in category formats, outside of one good year in Detroit, he was sort of hanging around in that 70, 80, 90, 100 range and kept getting drafted around 40. Why do you think this was the year, I, you know, Aaron Gordon would be another one I'd throw in as sort of like kind of the poor man's same story and very similar statistically to Blake Griffin. But why do you think this is the year where suddenly you, you have this big bucket of guys that people finally soured on? What is there something different about this year or is it just a coincidence? Uh, it's a coincidence. And uh, <laughs> you're, like the Blake Griffin thing is, is really interesting. Right. Like, I, I think of Aaron Gordon. Like I'm, I'm not afraid to draft Aaron Gordon. Like, no, I actually kind of like him this year. Yeah. I think he's going to be I, like, he, he looked pretty good at the end of last season. And, you know, taking a guy in the eighth round is so much different than taking a guy in the third round. And Blake Griffin was an eighth-round player. Like you said, everybody always took him uh, in, like, the second or third round. And and how a guy could win dunk contests and jump that high and not ever block a shot in his career, I still <laughs> I still don't understand how that works. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I just I, – I like the fact that there's a bunch of – it seems like there's a bunch of really uh, upside players sitting out there in the late rounds of drafts, like Joe Harris in round 11. There's nothing wrong with that. Dante DiVincenzo in 11. My guy Cam Reddish, I think, is going to have a good season. Um, Chris Boucher is sitting out there like round 11 or 12, and he's he's got tons of potential to ball out in Toronto. So, yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of guys. Um, 
yeah, it's sitting really... out there late in drafts that are kind of kind of fun. The opposite of Tristan Thompson. They're they're fun <laughs> to draft. Why why do we think that's happening this year? I've, maybe it's every year, and maybe we just, I just have a short term memory. But it does feel like, you know, to me it seems like one of the harder spot. Well, the second round is always crazy, and then like the fifth, sixth round where that first group of proven guys is sort of officially off the board. But it really does feel like there are a lot of options late. I wonder if it's just that folks didn't have as much time to process the offseason. You know, it's weird because um, I feel like back in the day, we used to, like the first first round and the second round were kind of like drawn out. Like you kind of knew what was going to happen and you, you didn't really have to think very much until you got to like round 10, 11, or 12. And then you really had to hunker down and, and dig through guys and find find the right guys to take. But this year, like round one is a disaster. <laughs> I, I, yeah, is. What like what do you do with LeBron James and and yeah, nobody you know, knows how many games he's going to play this year. It's a total question yeah. mark. Is he going to play? And and Steph Curry, you know, he's got cornrows and we haven't seen him in a year, and he <laughs> looks incredible. Do you take him at two? You got the James Harden thing. You got Giannis who can't make a free throw to save his life. You got Anthony Davis who was literally on the injury report every single game last year. He was listed as probable. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns played 35 <laughs> games last year. So, and and you go through the second round, it's the same thing. What do you do with Kawhi Leonard and his his uh, load management? So there's all these question marks up at the top. Joel Embiid, Russell Westbrook. It, it, the list just goes on. Kevin Durant. But you get down to the bottom. And it's like, oh, do I want to take Derek Jones Jr. or Dylan Brooks or Joe Ingles or DeLon Wright? Yeah, it's crazy. Those are all good options. Yeah, it's an embarrassment of riches between 90 and 150 this year. <laughs> it's crazy. It's really weird. It's really weird because the I've never seen more questions about the first two rounds than I have this year. And if you look at football, um, I know this is basketball, but football, the first round picks – Outside of Alvin Kamara and and maybe Josh Jacobs, everybody was a disaster. Everybody, Joe Mixon got hurt. Uh, uh, what's this, the running back for uh, the Giants? Saquon, done. Uh, Zeke Elliott, terrible. So the first round in football reminds me of the first round in basketball this year, where you're just trying to you're just trying to avoid the mines. Uh, while you're walking through the field. Yeah, it feels like, and, and even if you go as recently as like the last two or three years, it always felt like the top six, even if you didn't say the whole first round, the top six to eight were kind of scripted. This is the first year I can remember in a long time where nobody really knows who's going first overall. You have no idea. I've seen Luca go like seventh. I've seen Luca go first. I've seen Harden go first. I've seen Harden go sixth. I've seen Carl Anthony Towns go one. Didn't uh, Andre Snellings took Cat at number one in uh, 30 deep, right? I think, yeah, I think so. And I, and I mean, there's the hope there that he's just healthy coming back from the key injuries. But like you pointed out, he's going through a lot mentally as well. It's really not clear. And that makes it kind of fun, though, doesn't it? It does. It, it makes it more fun. And and because you don't know who's you don't know who's going where. Like the only thing I've seen that happens consistently is like Shea Gilgis Alexander goes right around 20 yeah. in every single draft. And, <laughs> and you know, Damian Lillard is going to go, you know, between fifth and eighth in almost every draft. Yeah. Trey Young is going to go between five and 10. Um, 
but there's just a lot of guys a ton that there's so many questions about and uh I, and Steph Curry to me could be a number one pick. Like, yeah, if you took Steph Curry at number one, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad or surprised. No, there's only what four guys in the NBA right now that have actually been the number one fantasy player before: Harden, AD, KD, and Steph. Right? Yeah, that's something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, aside from Kevin Durant with uh, rest days, you could make a reasonable argument for any of those guys, and it's kind of cool. Finally, like. At least for me, I love uh, when I get my draft order and I'm like fifth. Because you know something interesting is going to be waiting for you there. That's a great spot to be. You're probably thinking, give me like, give me, give me first so I can get Luca, or give me like ninth so I can get Trey, right? <laughs> well, yeah, and I, I don't normally like having the first pick. I don't like the back-to-back picks, uh, on, you know, going through the draft. And, and you have to sit there forever and wait for it to come back to you, but... That draft last night, like, you know how sometimes you have a draft where you just feel like everything came together and you just, it went exactly oh, yeah. the way you wanted it to go. And like, you never got pimped on any of your picks. Like, like the only, the only time I didn't get the guy I wanted was I, I missed out on Shea and took De'Aaron Fox. And then uh, somebody swiped Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, right before I picked. Yeah, it was, Camla uh, did it. Right before I picked, and uh, that was round 12. And Tim Hardaway Jr., to switch gears here, uh, with Chris Stapps <laughs> where Zing is hurt, like Dallas is Luka and and Josh Richardson, like we talked about, and Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to be Luka's right-hand man. And I, 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 the fact you can get Tim Hardaway Jr. in round 12 or 13 – like that's easy money, in, in my opinion, all day. Yeah, you got to love a good tap-in. Uh Steve, this is outstanding. I know, I know. I got to get you get you out of here. You got an extremely busy day. Uh, can we do this again in the early part of the season? See how things are going. Yeah, man, let's do it. Beautiful. He is Doctor A, but you knew that at all. You knew that already. Of course, you did. Steve, thanks again, my man. All right, we'll see, you, man. The great Doctor A. I wish we had more time together. I had to pick up his kid. That seems, I don't know, oddly important. No. No, you can just leave them, you say? Yeah, we're not going to do that. Uh, big thank you to Steve Alexander. That was uh, that was fantastic. We still got Brewski and the Dan Bespris Old Man Squad coming up later in the program, but I did want to take a brief moment here to once again ask you guys to please follow me at Dan Bespris on Twitter and help me spread the word on this podcast. And also, and I've been clubbing you guys with this, you probably have your fantasy drafts this weekend if you haven't had them already. I have six coming up between the time you're talking to me now and the time you're going to hear from me next on Monday. This is it. These are all my stuff. It's jammed in here. I got all my money drafts. And what I'm using for those money drafts is the Brewski 150. I've got my buckets and I've got my B150 and I don't want to add anything else to my my window, my world, my draft world. I sit in front of my desktop computer. I plug an Ethernet cable. I run... My my bedroom where I have my office is about you know if you're gonna if you're gonna actually pace it out because you can't go as the crow flies in an apartment building if you're actually gonna pace it out it's probably about 35 feet from the uh the the cable modem router combo device from the the fine folks over at Spectrum USA I'm gonna run an Ethernet cable across my whole apartment I will not risk losing connection in the middle of a draft. I have my nice big 20-some-odd-inch monitor here. It's not massive, but it'll get the job done. I'm 
closing the door. I'm locking everybody out. I've got my B-150 on one half of the screen. I got my buckets written down, handwritten in front of me, and I've got the draft window on the other half of my screen. That's what I'm working off of. I might have like a, a player. I might have like the basketball monster player rank page in the background in case I got to pull something up real quick for my leagues that are not nine cat roto. The nine cat roto ones, I've got that all in my head. For the other, for head to head leagues where I might go into a punt or multi category leagues where you add some stuff, then I, I got to have one extra page open to make sure I got my, my weirdo ranks in order. The Brewski 150, I have access to. Because I have the fantasy pass. And I want you guys to get that too. It's just $4.99 a month. Gets you the B-150. The whole draft guide, which has auction ranks if you're in an auction draft. It has points league ranks if you're in a points league. It has head-to-head strategy. It has punt strategy. It has projections. Everybody loves projections, right? You can sort by different things. It's fantastic. That's all in the fantasy pass. You also get the DFS pass built into it. But we'll talk more about that. Uh, probably as we get into the season. Although those, guys, those guys are rumbling already. They're playing in the preseason, and they're winning in the preseason. Uh, Brian on our team was sending a WhatsApp group message that uh, he was like a half point away from taking down a, a six or $700 pot last night. And and I'm really excited about this because I've been working on it. Hoopball has a Discord channel this year. Frankly, the four ninety nine dollars a month the Fantasy Pass runs you, the Discord would be worth that by itself. The Discord would be worth that by itself because as I record this podcast, there are four hoopball pros just sitting around in the Discord. It's not an official office hour. It's not an official live chat. We're going to have those where there will be someone ready to laser focus in on it. But right now, just because we all love basketball and four of us happen to be near a computer, we're just sort of in there. So questions are happening and answers are happening. You have immediate access to Hoopball's entire stable of pros and analysts in that Discord channel. So if you already have a Fantasy Pass or a Wager Pass or a DFS Pass or the Hoopball 360, make sure you get into that Discord channel. You are not using your pass to the fullest extent that it's worth. If you don't have one, go get one right now. That's the Fantasy Pass at hoop-ball.com for $4.99 a month. Interview number two, let's go to legend numero dos, the great Aaron Brewski. You know, Brew, I got a linebacker who hasn't changed his jockey strap in three years because he thinks flies are lucky. You know what that's from? <laughs> you do now. I have no idea, Dan. Don't Bruce. lie to me. Don't lie to me, Bruce, I don't trying to cover. Know what your brain does, dude. No, no what, one. What, what, <laughs> don't you want to spend me, five I'm gonna take minutes a while in there? It's an, it's an Ace Ventura <laughs> line. Yeah, yeah. How did you know that, Brew? You're it's like you're clairvoyant or something. I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. Uh I I lost the first ten minutes of our of our bit together. So we're doing it again, damn it. And I did the same impression, but now you knew the answer to that question. Do you wanna know why I did that? I don't think I even got to that part the first time we recorded. Why, Dan Bespris? Because people are superstitious, Brew. And I, I'm uh losing that I'm, i I used to be very superstitious. I've sort of I've, I've, I've peeled it back. I, I, I think that's years, years removed from the baseball circuit. That's good. That's better for your mental health. Uh, the reason I did that was because we were going to talk about anything weird that you do on draft day. But then the first time we started recording this, we got sidetracked by some really good stuff. And I'd like to do it again. 
and I think we can. And I think we can make it feel really authentic, like it was recording the first time. But first... I don't even, I don't even remember our last recording. Though. That's that's so, really fortunate I, that I, you're so tired you don't this remember. Is, <laughs> this is not a heavy lift over here. Oh, man. You okay, dude? You've been up at some weird hours working on babies slash fantasy projections. Yeah, it's... Uh... But you know you've been there, and I think all the parents have been there. They 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 know that you just kind of have to assume all hell's gonna break loose, and then if it doesn't, that's a bonus. <laughs> and all hell's been breaking loose. Uh, sleep regression. So like uh, last night, I I updated a bunch of projections, and then I did um, put Skylar down to sleep for about three hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord i got up and i was like i gotta finish those projections so i went i finished the projections caught four hours of sleep and you know it's weird man it just doesn't affect you at a certain point so uh i i'm, I'm a little physically beat down i i tweeted about this it's kind of like chess boxing if you haven't checked that out it's some weird uh, i'll go russian thing um but it, it's no actually really it. funny. They they beat the crap out of each other, and then they sit down and play chess. <laughs> that's very I'm not kidding. It's, that's what they do. And uh, I'll pass. Yeah, I don't know. But it's 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 like a physical. It's a physically grueling type of a deal. Um, just this, what we do. I I, I think it's funny because it's like, oh wait wait wait, you sit in front of a computer that's physically grueling. But like, to to kind of parse through all of this data and you've got news sources and then you got basketball film to watch and you get back to, you know, lots of different spreadsheets and you got data flying all over them in like 20 different drafts, which by the way is really important. You know, like we were talking before we got on, you know, about getting the juices flowing and just being like right now, I feel like I could do any draft anywhere, anytime I could do it blind, even like, you know, I don't even need to know who's kind of off the board. I, I can tell you where I'm going to pick guys. And, I haven't and had a bit. single real draft yet. Can you believe that? Aside from 30 deep. I can believe it just because of how crazy it is right now. Like between you and Panda, I, I just don't, I, I don't think the three of us are sleeping very much. Nope. Nope. I'm fortunate at least that I've got, and I'm going to totally knock on wood while I'm doing this, but the two kids are sleeping in the same room and they make it from like nine to six something basically every it. night. I hate you so much right I, now. We never figured it out. <laughs> you got it. You well, we're not gonna have a sleep training discussion on no, the podcast, not, but you, not at you all. yeah, but, say it saved us. It literally not. It didn't save us. It saved me. My wife is hardy. I am not. I am a delicate flower. I was known as uh, a a butterfly in my time in minor league baseball. I'm very fragile. <laughs> Yes, enjoy this. My wife is the butterfly, Dan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> literally in our vows. I, she is the butterfly of the of the, the relationship. Yeah, but is that because but she like spreads her wings and does stuff? I'm a butterfly because if you pinch me too hard, I might just fall apart. Uh, yeah. 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 You guys I'm, are different. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I am a very <laughs> soft. I'm very Yeah, anyway, so if we yeah, if we didn't get these kids sleeping, I'd be I'd be a totally ruined mess but here's what we were talking about the first time around and i want to do it again um we were talking about the preseason you you mentioned how you were sort of like you're watching that you're doing the projections you're trying to take care of the kid in the middle of the night and uh i was saying that the one thing i'm looking for in the preseason are is really are my guys healthy enough to play because a few of them haven't been 
or have now become not healthy enough to play. Like, I thought Gordon Hayward was going to be a pretty good deal this year, and then he broke a finger, and now I don't know. Is he going to play? It sounds like maybe, but you brought up James Harden and that whole saga, and I think we should talk about it again because the first round is such a hot topic. Just talked about it with Dr. A during the, the first segment on this show. What are you doing with this information? People keep asking me, are you still taking Harden number one? I say I am in most formats. Uh, what about you? Well, I'm, I'm going to do an auction tomorrow night for a, a big, big uh, high stakes league. And so that's actually even more pure of a discussion than, than in a snake draft. Because like if he falls to five, I think you said last time you've seen that. That's I have. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. You, you go do it like. There, there's no question mark there. In fact, in eight cat at one, I don't think there's a question mark. I think he's he's the he's easy easily the guy. Um, nine cat, that's where the turnovers kick in and, and the valuations are, are much closer. And you know you're looking at Carl Anthony Towns and 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 you're saying, okay, do I want to deal with the chaos of whatever James Harden is getting into? Go read the Tim McMahon article for ESPN and you'll know exactly what's going on. Um, it's that and the rest of the first round are all fascinating discussion because like every single player in the top, say, seven, you know, are they have question marks. Hell, even Trey Young, you know, young player. Got seriously hurt last year and just missed a handful of games, you know, pretty indestructible guy. Right. They just added like 15 players to his team. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so really even did. he where you look and you go, hey, this is probably pretty easy to call. Right. Well, not so easy if you look at all those players that just jumped on board. So it's I, I think it's great. And then in an auction setting, it's it's kind of enough. And, and I think I've had Harden for three years in that league. And, you know, so that's a pretty big buy. I've won that bet every year. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous that can he do it four years in a row? And then you look at him and he is looking like he just had like a month long bender in Vegas showing up to uh, Houston and he's like, what do you mean? What's the problem here? I was just in <laughs> Vegas. So I was just training, you know? <laughs> yeah, clearly. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think, you know, there's a lot going on in the preseason this year compared to others. And maybe by a factor of like 10 or 20, because in the preseason, yeah, we see some things pop out. There's a much longer ramp. These storylines take the, take, place over the course of like a week or two weeks or there's a slow build or maybe somebody pops off with a big game you know like we're seeing talon horton tucker yeah there you go go out there and like i'm like what, what the hell where'd this all-star come from and i know everybody's <laughs> overreacting to this but um i don't even want to call it an overreaction because when i look at him right now i'm like i don't see the ceiling yet i don't know where i don't know where he's gonna go he also looks old to me for some reason. And he's and 20, then, right? I think he's, he's 20. 20. So that's really throwing me off. Just he, he's not a classic, like, you know, jumping out of the gym guy, but he has all the tools. No, he's like six. He's like six, four two fifty with a seven, one wingspan. He's a really weirdly shaped basketball player. He made a layup in this last game where he, he was just torqued and he kind of flipped it over his head backwards, but you could tell he's made that shot a million times. And so he's just got a lot going for him. And, you know, that's one guy who's probably not going to be all that fantasy relevant because of the, you know, all the players there in L.A. But um, we're seeing that 
throughout the league, there's something you see on tape in games they're taking pretty seriously because they're all trying to get into shape right now. And you're also seeing an interesting phenomena of teams that are kind of conceding the first week or two saying, we're not even going to play these guys right now because we don't want them to just like, you know, pull a hammy the first time out in, in a preseason game. Let's get them into the regular season. They're probably going to all have reduced minutes. And, uh, I'm sure the DFS guys are going to have a field day with that. Um, as well as us setting our lineups in the first weeks and all the overreactions that are going to occur after the first weeks. But I'm just, the reason why I stayed up last night after three hours of rocking Skylar to sleep, (laughs) (sighs) deep sigh. I I went back downstairs and I finished up projections because we've got like seven preseason games tonight. I think eight the next day and then three the following day as we go right up into opening night on Tuesday, I'm, I, I need to stay ahead of the game because it's just a lot of data to take in. And, um, you know, we're, we're getting so many real revelations and, and movement, you know, movement within the B-150, movement um, just in general. I mean, heck, you could probably say a team name and I could tell you something for, for each team that I've seen you know, in the preseason. So some you, you take, sure you take more. It sounds like you take more from the preseason than I do. I, I try not to really dive into it because a lot of the stuff, like the THT, Taylor Orton Tucker stuff, that's a, that's a really good thing to know probably more for next year than this year, sure. right? You're, you're filing that in the Rolodex for, you know, what, what if, you know, what if Wesley Matthews is not there? What if KCP is not, what, things like that where you're like, okay, man, maybe this guy starts to wedge himself into additional playing time. Again, for me, it's just like, look, I need to see my guy take the floor one time before the season starts so I feel comfortable drafting that guy. But I want to talk a little bit more about the first round because, you know, you said it. You know, One of the questions that I asked Steve, and I'll ask you as well, is basically, can you remember the last time that the first round was this jumbled? I can't. I, like, the last four, five, six years, every year there's, okay, there's this first group, three, four, whatever guys. And then there's that second obvious group. Last year, I think it was Damon Jokic was the second little grouping in the first group. And it didn't all pan out because Cat got hurt and Steph got hurt and stuff like that. But there was always this consensus, like Harden, AD, Steph, Cat, whatever. And this year, it's all over the map. Luka's in there in some drafts. Giannis is in there in some drafts. Dame, Jokic, Cat, Steph, James Harden. Harden falling to four or five in drafts. Uh, Giannis going first and people not realizing he's the worst free throw shooter in the NBA. Uh, have you, I mean, do you remember anything I, like this? I think I, it's I really fun. Go off the board at two or something like all the time. And I'm just like, okay, cool. And so my eighth pick well, just became a seventh pick is what I think at that yeah, moment. You, you, this is a year. I think you want to be further back in the draft. I want five. In, in, I like spot five. I got five in the NFBKC super. Nice. And there you I, go. I was, thrilled because like i mean that draw is always like i see the email come in and i'm like well there goes everything you know, <laughs> I go, go to click it and it's like 11 and i'm like ah ah just you want to like throw something it's it's the most important draft of the year but i will admit though by the way just to follow just to finish my first thought on this uh i don't think you really want to be on the turn either because that then you get into I, some I, really hairy stuff that's I like hate the turns oh it's brutal I, I i absolutely hate them and i think that <clears throat> you know, I haven't thought this through, but like there, there, there probably is a better solution. <clears throat> Maybe rotating the picks each 
each round. Well, third round reversal degree. for sure is a is a big help. That's a must. And but still, like I, I just I, anytime I draw in the middle, you know, absent the fact that, that there is an extreme insane advantage to getting the number one pick, and even this year with the James Harden, like in an eight cat league, to get to get Harden is just like. It's almost unfair, and and I'm sure there's been better examples throughout the years, um, except for that one year when Harden was actually the best example. He almost lapped the field, um, almost lapped second place. Yeah, I mean, he almost did it this most recent year. If you're uh, eight-cat ranks from last season, it was Harden, and then the separation between Harden and Anthony Davis for second place was basically like a late second rounder. Like You could have slipped to, a second uh, rounder in between the second and first place guy. You'd have to ask Steve about this. This is more of his his territory. But they used to ban Michael Jordan from his leagues. <laughs> I believe that. Well, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Why should one lucky person get a guy who's going to make you a top three team in your league no matter what you do the rest of your draft? That's not really fair. So you put up with the turns because of that. Um, that doesn't help the 12th place person. And that third third round reversal doesn't even help the 12th place. Not in a not yeah. in a Michael Jordan draft. But at least in this one, I'll tell you why I like it this year a lot. And I'm too lazy to implement it in all of my leagues because it involves emailing too many people and getting yelled at by some of them. Uh, but I think for next year, I'm going to I'm going to mandate it if I can if I can create that option uh, in whatever UI I'm dealing with. Uh, this year, I think is a great example of it because people on the turn are really struggling through, okay, I've got like five wings that I want to take right now, and I don't want to reach down the board for a big man, and I don't want to reach down the board for another point guard, and then it comes back to them at 36, and they're basically in that same stupid window where they're like, oh, great, uh, it's some old men, which is great. I mean, I, I love them, so I'm okay with it. There's some old men guards in there, but then it's mostly wings again. Getting... 12 and 13 is hard enough, but you really should get pick 25 if you're stuck with that. It's a big difference between 25 and 36. It's not even a conversation at this point. I mean, like yeah. you have to have that in your your roto or even head-to-head league. But just especially in roto, like I, where the, the valuations are, are so kind of just like important. Um, you know, in a head-to-head league, you can get a lot of noise where you can punch your way out of that kind of a situation. Um, yeah, you can, yeah, you no, can you skip a category. And, and, and this year, like, it is a good year to be down in, in the five, six, seven. You know, uh, you can even probably eight or nine in a, in a very public kind of a draft. And, and there's also, uh, there's values at the turn as well this year. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I should have rephrased. There are values. I like some of the guys going near the turn. I just know that, you know, in, for Roto in particular where you do want to build a well-rounded team, it's hard to pair guys there. And a lot, of, a lot of folks like to pair guys, and the values at the turn tend to be kind of similar players this year. Not exactly the same, but, but similar. You know, you're, you're, it's, it's interesting you even know that with kind of, you haven't done as many drafts, but I've experienced that a whole lot. Um, there's a bunch, there's like a, a bunching of a lot of good guards, then you, you've got this this sort of the creamy middle, as you like to say. I do like to call the middle creamy. <laughs> you do. It's just a thing that you do. Um, do with that what you what you will, people. Um, don't don't do the don't do with that what you will. Do the opposite of that with what you will. 
do the opposite. Who, who came up with that saying, by the way? No, it's, it's such a, it's like a rigid, do phonetic. With that. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to negative it. Do with that what you will. <laughs> do with do with that what you won't would have been the negative, I think. So there, so there. Sorry, continue. So Go while ahead. you're doing that with what you will, you have to. Uh, Consider that there's some uh, forwards and centers in that creamy middle. And then after that, um, it's kind of back into a bunch of good guards that you would want. But you're staring at all these good guards and and you're thinking, all right, these, there's very few forwards left on the board. And a lot of it comes down to your league settings and positional eligibility and, and you know, the devil's in the details there. But that's you're right. There's there's a um, there's a bunching effect here this year that. um maybe somebody has written about or will write about. Um, it's, it's all very wobbly though, because it's wobbly in general when we talk about this stuff, but it's also the pandemic, man. Like I'm just seeing so much different stuff in drafts and I like in 30 deep, 30 deep. I had like four players that like, I'm sitting there going, there's no way in hell these players should come back to me. They came back to me like twice. And it it just shows you that people are so different in where they're at with with their valuations so and and so I think it's gonna you know for the uh, for the aggressive player I guess we're gonna use that term right now aggressive you, you you just got a lot of chances and a lot of different ways that you can win probably from any slot like I think this year would be the year that if I did draw eleven or twelve I wouldn't be that I wouldn't be as pissed off about it yeah you might get because, the guy you wanted down there anyway well right around twenty five. You know, you're 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 seeing good value at 25, 26, 27 as guys are dropping that shouldn't drop to that range. You're gonna you're gonna get a guy that's probably on the B one fifty, you know, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen in that range. You're gonna get them at twenty five this year. I think I know who you're talking about, but I'm not gonna say anything. You guys, by the way, can go get the Brewski one fifty by signing up for the fantasy pass at hoop-ball.com. Okay, so uh, we talked about the first round longer than I had planned. I had another segment planned on. Uh, talk about some of the buzz guys. And then as it turned out, as I smashed my hand through my keyboard mid-podcast by accident, ouch, earlier in this show, I talked to Steve and, and Brew, you know, like you and Steve go way back. You guys are legends of this of this thing, this world that we <laughs> exist in. Steve, Steve and I have been on a texting binge lately. So you great. know all of his guys then. We all do. He's very oh, yeah, vocal yeah, yeah, about yeah. it. And, and so Steve, it's funny. Steve will go out. He used to be not like the go out on a limb guy, but now he's the go out on a limb guy. He drafted Luca in like the second or first round. What was it last year? And you know, everybody was like, oh, Steve, maybe maybe you should go take a nap or something. That's... <laughs> he It almost like, hit. I mean, he was really, really good until the free throws petered out. Well, um, yeah, no, I mean, it was, he, he, he more, he called that. And it's, so when Steve has, has guys on his list, there's, there's a handful of people in the industry that, that, um, when they put somebody on a list, I will listen. And Steve's definitely on that list. Um, but yeah, he, he, we did a draft, um, with Rick Kamla and he, uh, he just went for his guys. That's what he said. That's what he told me on, on our segment. He was just like, I was in pure, I'm going to get my guys. I'm doing this. I want to have fun mode. I think I'm repeating his words uh, pretty close to what he said. Um, so I want to ask you about some of those guys because Steve has created the buzz guy this year. Uh, there's a chicken and egg thing going on, I guess. Was the guy the buzz guy 
or did Steve create the Buzz guy? But I want to bug you about to, a few of them. Let me go to his text because he literally listed all of them. Yeah, out. You, so you know exactly <laughs> who I'm going to ask you about right now. Well, for, well the first one is Luca. Uh, do you think he's going too early at like two in Roto? Yeah. That's too early, right? A little bit. Yeah, I can't do it. I mean, I understand like in head to head, you can deal with some of that stuff and, uh, you know, it's less onerous. But yeah, no, I mean, the free throw thing, I don't think that's going away. I, I think he could be a guy that's got crazy variants from year to year on free throws. Yeah. I mean, he did. <laughs> even within last year, he was 80 something percent for two months and then he was 60 something percent for two months. And it's such a high volume that it's, you know, it's completely swinging his value all over the place. I believe and he was sixth for two months and then he was like 75th for two months. All be almost exclusively because of free throw shooting. That's why. Worry about his weight. <clears throat> Pardon me, as I hack up all sorts of lungs here. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, said said the I'm old looking man. Looking for the mute button, I just can't find it. Uh, <laughs> he's he's out of shape right now, which is fine. He he like Harden. I don't know if that made it to this pod or the last pod, but we were talking about his weight. Both guys can play fat. Yeah, they don't jump. They don't jump. Yeah, don't and, jump. And, it, and actually, if anything, it might even help them a little bit. But they can move with that weight and still beat people. So. That part you don't worry. I worry about his like, I worry about his long term durability because he he's already playing through some stuff and, you know, you saw in the playoffs like he just jacked his ankle up bad and then just went out there and played on it again. So that stuff always has it doesn't affect him now. It affects him two three years from now. So, you just wonder like they actually have expectations this season and you know, do, do they buy him a couple extra games off that they wouldn't have normally mm. done? just to make sure he's good for the playoffs. So there's a, there's other reasons other than just the free throws that I'm not in on that. But it almost doesn't matter because he's going in where I'm seeing him go. He's going at like two or three. Yeah, I'm probably not. I'm probably not All diving the time. on that one. Who's do, do you have your text message thread up or do you want me to, to you want me to give? Yeah, the I, didn't, to you? I need you to, to okay. read it because I'm looking and I'm, he must have messaged me some other uh, place. Shay, I think, is probably the next one if you're working your way down the board. Uh, well, I guess we can jump over Trey Young since he's in, in in this instance, he's probably got Luca in that first chunk. What about Shay? I think he told me he got Shay at 24 in that Kamala draft yesterday. Yeah, Um I'll say this about Shea, which I never knew it was Shea until this most recent preseason. Um, I don't know. Did the, did the Thunder even know it was Shea? I, I never <laughs> once heard him called Shea. Anyway. Just SGA. Um, SGA. Yeah. No. Okay. So one thing that struck me about watching him the other day is he has grown. I don't know if it's shown up on like, you know, whatever his official height, weight profile, you know, is, but he has definitely grown and so he's he's emerging into a body type that he might be able to do things that we didn't think he could do uh, defensively. And so um, wh when that happens, it just makes everything so much nicer because he'll be more successful on that end. It'll probably show up in his stats a little bit, uh, but it'll also make sure that he's like mentally energized. A team like that's going to lose a lot, right? And And having both sides of the ball go well you know, it just makes the whole package better. So when you look at what you would have projected not seeing that, we're already pretty aggressive there. I'll, I'll leave it at that, you know, as far as the B-150 goes. To uh, to see the additional strength, the additional lateral movement, the, the instincts appear to be like, uh, you know, incrementally better. So all that stuff bodes extremely well. So where Steve picked him is fine. Uh, I think that's where he will go in, in expert drafts. And I think, you know, 
Well, I guess you got to subscribe to the B-150, but I think you can tell by the tone of my voice what I think. All right, next one on the list is Christian Wood. I believe Steve told me you got him at the end of the fourth at 48. Does that sound right? Uh, that does sound right, and it's uh, he. It, th- things couldn't have gone better from a fantasy perspective, especially for intermediate to expert players. Christian Wood was a guy that got a lot of pub, not even in fantasy leagues, in free agency. Everybody was talking about you go town to town and teams that needed a guy of his uh, position. You know, he... They were like, oh, we're going to give him $20 million. I'm like, what? <laughs> this guy got benched for defense like his entire career. You know, he's not a $20 million guy. So there was a lot of hype around him. He lands in Houston. And it was just like nobody else there to take any of his usage and touches away for the most part. So that theoretically blows his value out the water. But then he gets an elbow injury. You got all the weird stuff going on in Houston. And, and they're not showing highlights of Christian Wood. They're showing highlights of John Wall and, and DeMarcus Cousins. So that ADP is in a good spot. Um, what I And I just released an article. You know what? I'll, I'll do this, Dan. You can ask me any specific question you want, but I literally wrote this up. You wrote what up? I wrote, a, I wrote up Christian Wood. Oh, in the draft guide. Oh, okay. There you go. All right, in I got the last one. Then I got a last one for you. This is the last player, and then I then I'm letting you go because we did this show twice, and that means I've taken up too much of your time. Uh, Mike Michael Porter Jr. I've seen his ADP all over the map. He was at a hundred, then he was at fifty, then he's sixty. I mean, where the hell is this dude supposed uh, to go? Uh, he'll go too early. Like, I don't think he's gonna bust out. Like, be a bust. Um. Like, I don't think he will be. It, the, the The mix there between him and uh, Jokic and Murray is not incredibly natural. Like, I, I think a guy like Michael Porter wants the ball in his hands. He, he doesn't really know where to go um, instinctually to, to get his offense within the, the framework of a system. So when he's going to get the ball, he's going to probably fire away, and that's probably going to create some chemistry issues, and they're probably going to end up pulling him back multiple times throughout the season just to reel him in. And what we've seen out of him is he doesn't react all that well to it. So I think there'll be some friction there. And and Michael Malone's a pretty good players coach, so he won't bury him for that, but he's also not a pushover. So if, if, if Porter can't get it you know, in his lane real quick, like if he starts griping, he's not getting enough minutes or touches – He's not afraid to throw down the hammer and actually cut those minutes back even further. They're going to need his offense. Um, you know, that much is, is for certain. So I think that this sort of trends towards not worst case scenario, but it's also not going to trend toward best case scenario. And then the question becomes, does his stat set have any slippage at all? Um, and I think that it's at risk for slippage. So, you know, I don't think he's going to fall out of the bottom of the top 100, but uh, you know, that, say 60 to 100 range is definitely in play. And I just don't know that the upside is there, you know, and and especially in relation to what other people think, like a lot of people are high on him and are ready to, to, um, you know, kind of call him like a fourth round kind of a guy. So I'm just not there with it. Um, if there is a place that I can, you know, miss it's on a guy (laughs) as I frame it in a way that I like never miss or anything, but if, if if I'm (laughs) going to miss, well put, (laughs) <laughs> and if I'm going to miss, it's going to be like on a guy that we just don't know what his ceiling is. Like, does he come in and he's just like, yeah, I don't got no issues. And, you know, I got all this talent. I can just jump over you and shoot threes. 
those kinds of players that, you know, like Anthony Edwards, let's throw a random name out there. I can't bet on Anthony Edwards this year. And, and I, but at the same time, I can't tell you that he's not going to just come in and pull a Donovan Mitchell, you know, where he's just clearly really good from the get go. And, you know, we should have known better, but you know, like, um, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be fine fading him given a little way, a little bit away on the B one fifty, but that's fine. Um, I'll be fine fading him. If I, if I miss, I miss. All right. There you have it. That'll be the last time I think we talked to you before the season starts, right? Well, I, I mean, me and you will talk every day. Yeah, but, I, I, we we but, being but, the masses. <laughs> we being the masses, I think so. I mean, I don't oh, know. Oh, boy. Give me, give me a call. We'll see. Okay, fair enough. I'll have my people reach out to your people. He is Aaron Bruski, the founder, El Arquitecto of HoopBall. Thanks, buddy. You're welcome. I don't know if I gave his Twitter handle out. At Aaron Bruski. There you go. Steve's is at Dr. A, D-O-C-K-T-O-R-A. Brewski is B-R-U-S-K-I. If you want to follow either of those guys on Twitter, I imagine most of you likely already do, but there may be a handful that don't. So uh, please do go check those guys out. One thing I forgot to mention in our chat with Brew is that Aaron and I put together, and I'm, I'm really proud of this, actually, I don't do that many things where I'm like, I'm really proud of this item. <laughs> Brew and I put together a uh, season win totals piece that has a breakdown on all 30 teams. We have leans on all 30 teams, each of us. We did it separately, and then we put them together into one colossal article. All 30 teams. Wager Pass subscribers can see which teams we put our top plays on. Brew has 13 bets he made out of his 30 leans for 31 units. I have 12 bets I made out of my 30 top plays, or uh, 12 top plays out of my 30 leans for 20 units. So those are for Wager Pass subscribers. That's $9.99 a month if you want to jump on that. But even if you don't, you can get all 30 leans. I look to see where we agreed, where we disagreed. For instance, Brew and I happen to agree that we think the Raptors go over. Is that a bet we're going to make? Brew and I agree the Jazz go over. Is that a bet we're going to make? Probably not for me. Can I, can I speak for myself? Uh, so definitely check that out. That uh, is available through our HoopBall Gaming division. That's something I'm, I'm really proud of. That, that article is 11,000 words, and, it's, and all of our leans and all of our handicapping is completely free. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoy the, the, that labor of love from Brew and myself. Let's do the Dan Bespris Old Man Squad. Again, I will give this because this is so this is so critical right now. This is the time when we can connect with one another. At Dan Bespris. That's where I'm at on the internet. Please do take a moment, go follow me on social media. Again, the Dan Bespris Old Man Squad, I mentioned it right at the outset of the show. Historically, I think some of you are probably listening for the first time this year. These are guys that I have found consistently slip in drafts either because they're a old b boring or c good at categories that people tend to overlook like the percentages or defensive stats or d all of the above we also have a section i call this year's superstars on discount because you can't really call you can't really put that guy in in an old man squad cuz they're too good to be an old man squad. Everybody knows them. They're superstars, but they're going too late for some reason. And then 
technically, I guess these would be my sleepers, but I'm calling them non-boring value guys because they're not old men. They're not boring, but they are part of my squad. So let's go through these. I'm going to work through them. They're organized by ADP, but I'll also give you my final rank for them so you can see the jump. Superstars on discount. These are guys with an ADP under 25 as of today, Friday, December the 18th, as we're recording this, this podcast. Steph Curry is, to me, a superstar on discount. His ADP is 6, and I think he could end up at number 1, but I'm going to put him at 3 in my rankings. That's where I have him. I, I put that a safe spot. I think Harden and AD come in front of him. I actually think Steph finishes right behind those guys, but I wouldn't be blown away to see him pass both of them. Kawhi Leonard, ADP of 14. I have his final rank at 7. Why? Because I believe in consistency. And Kawhi Leonard was 6 last year with Hassan Whiteside in front of him. So take Whiteside out of the mix. He's at 5, but I think I probably put Steph Curry in there. That moves him back down to 6. And I'm accounting for the fact that maybe we play an entire 72 games without a massive interruption, and perhaps some other guy is healthy enough to move in front. I, You know, the, of the guys that were right behind him, there aren't very obvious ones, but you can probably throw Cat in there, and that would put and that would put Kawhi at seven. So it's a simple one. This is bucketing. Don't even worry about projections at this point. This is just a bucket. It's obvious. And my third superstar on discount is Paul George, whose ADP is twenty one, and that's maddening. There's absolutely no reason why his ADP should be that low. Last year was as bad as it gets. He missed. A bunch of basketball games. He started the year hurt. He was hurt throughout the year. His minutes were low. Everything was off kilter. Everything that could have gone wrong, barring catastrophic injury, went wrong for Paul George. And uh, he was still, I believe, number 30 on a per-game basis. He only played 42 games. But he only played 29 minutes! He's going to go way up the board this year. He'll be, play, he'll be playing, you know, what What was Kawhi at last year? Kawhi was at 32 minutes. Paul George, give him another three-ish, three to four minutes a game. Get him into most basketball games. Or it's like, oh, he's so banged up, he's injury prone. Not really. He had one really bad injury prone year, and it was this last one. He had the big, the massive thing that knocked him out for a long stretch. But other than that, he's actually been pretty durable. He played through a bunch of things in Oklahoma City. And I think the Clippers, they're working on their culture. They want him on the floor this year. So expect a lot more from Paul George this season. Uh, ADP of 21. I have his final rank at 12 this year. I think he's going big. And my honorable mention for this section, because I didn't, isn't that big of a jump, is Jimmy Butler, whose ADP has fallen to 20. Uh, and I have his final rank in that 17 to 15 range. He was 13 on a per-game basis last year, but he missed a bunch of time, and so that bumped him down to 17 probably about where he ends up this season. There's a lot of fear around his rest games, and there should be, but all of a sudden now he's he's going a little bit too late. So honorable mention, not super excited about that one, but Steph, Kawhi, Paul George, uh, those are guys that are way too low. Old man squad. Let's do the traditional old man squad, and this is, again, organized by ADP, so anything over 25... And don't worry, I'll come back to the non-boring, the sleeper types. Rudy Gobert, I'm keeping him on the list just because I basically said a month ago that he would be on there. But I have his final rank at 20, and his ADP is 29. So it's a really, it's only a medium-sized jump at that point. Still good, but not insane. 
Uh, Gobert this last year was 14 by totals. I do think he takes a small step back with Derek Favors, a more competent backup behind him. Uh, but otherwise, you know, he's shown himself to be uh, a little bit less of a crazy leaper. So the blocks are a little bit down, but the durab- durability is a little bit better. If you're looking at, at old men in that early range, I have Vooch, whose ADP is 30, but I have his final rank actually two slots in front of Gobert at 18. Vooch final rank last year was 20. He missed about 10 ball games. I think he does get a little bit better. I like Orlando's pace right now. So Vooch, a member of the old man squad. Chris Paul, sort of a charter member of the old man squad because he truly is an old man. His ADP is 36 this year. He was number seven, by the way, by totals last year. So even if you think he takes a, a big step backwards, that still only takes him down to a route number 20. I'm that That is your Chris Paul big step back from 7 down to 20. Injuries could unfurl this in the short turnaround, but, you know, Chris Paul, he played uh, the first series of the bubble. He had a decent length offseason, and maybe that ends up helping him. I do think he misses a handful of games this year, but I don't think that his production is that much worse. He only took 13 shots a game last season with OKC while working hard on getting guys involved. You could see his assist trend up from 7, even if his scoring trends down. Percentages, he's always been very good at those. Now that he's taken the shots in his wheelhouse again. I have Chris Paul at 19 this year. I think he's a big value at the end of the third round. Chris Middleton, this is boring. So I'll tell you, I mean, I mentioned it earlier in the show. Old men squad are, are uh, and I actually just said that a few minutes ago. They're either old, boring, good at stats that people don't care about, or all of the above. Rudy Gobert, good at stats that people don't care about. Field goal percent. And blocks, also a little bit boring. Vooch, extraordinarily boring. Good at a lot of stuff. Not great at any one particular thing. Rebounds, I guess he's pretty good at. But, you know, decent in most stuff. Decent to good in most stuff. Chris Paul, very old. Middleton, very boring. 26-4, and four, doesn't seem like it should be boring, but it is because he went 50-40-90 last year, and that's why he was number 23 by totals. I have his final rank this year taking a step back to about 29, 30 range. I'm put him as 29 in our board because I think you're splitting hairs a little bit there. Kyle Lowry, he's old. He's not boring, but he is old. He averaged 20 and 8 last year with a steal and a half. But he's old. He missed a bunch of games. He played 37 minutes a night. I think he takes a step backwards from a per-game perspective, but I think he does better from a health perspective, because I think they probably try to dial his minutes back just a little bit. So I actually have his totals rank exactly the same year over year. He was 31 last year. I'm at 31 again this season. ADP of 45. DeMar DeRozan, ADP of 50. This is not one of my favorite old man squad guys, but he's very, very quiet and reliable. Good at both percentages, which is the thing people don't care about very much. I have his final rank at 38. Even though last year's final rank was 19. That may surprise you guys. He was very durable. He just did the same quiet stuff every game. He could very easily beat my final rank and be a more exciting old man squad member, but he's on there because 50 is too low. Same thing for his buddy LaMarcus Aldridge. His ADP is 52. His final rank is 33 on my board. Aldridge was 31 last year. I think he plays in more games this season, but does take a step back. I don't think he can keep the 1.6 blocks going this year. I'm a pragmatic fellow, but he is still a value. 
Jonas Valanciunas, ADP of 54, final rank last year of 29. I have his final rank at 32 this year. I see no reason why his role changes almost at all on a young Memphis team that can't rebound with him off the floor. Buddy Heald, ADP of 58, and in a big-time step-back season last year, he still finished at number 35 by totals. This is pre-bubble totals, by the way. Pre-bubble totals. Heald was 35 last year. Uh, I see no reason why he can't duplicate that in a better offense under Alvin Gentry, a faster offense. I have his final rank at 34 this year. I think he actually does uh, just a hair better, and he's shown himself to be pretty darn durable so far. And, you know, anything can go wrong, but that's a two-round jump. I think he's got two rounds of value in him as an old man guy. Clint Capella, ADP of 60, final rank of 48. I only have one round of value there, but that still counts. By the way, uh, I didn't give reasons for these guys. Jonas Valanciunas, um, g- generally good at stats people don't pay attention to. Capella, kind of old. Not old from an old perspective, but old legs. Tobias Harris, okay. we got to stop because Tobias, he is the old man squad. He is the, the leader of the team because it's the same damn thing every year. I play this game where I ask you guys, where do you think Tobias Harris ended last season? And everybody's like, 45, and I'm like, 24. He was number 24 by pre-bubble totals last year. He played in every single game for Philly, averaged 19-7 with good percentages and a couple of three-pointers, three assists, a little bit less than a steal, half a block, low turnovers. He is extraordinarily boring. I am not going to argue that point. He is league average in almost every statistical category and a little bit better than that in rebounds, threes, and scoring. A little bit better than that, I think, at free throw percent as well this most recent year. And his his role doesn't change. You just know exactly what you're going to get out of him. And it's fantastic because he's going in the 60s and last year he finished at 24. Rob Covington, ADP of 65. He will take a step back. I mean, he was he was number 15 last year, but that that role he had in Houston was just the most delicious role on planet Earth. It sounds like he's going to be the starting four in Portland. So not all is lost. He was the starting four in Houston, but of course the center there was P.J. Tucker. Center in Portland is going to be Yusuf Nurkic. So there aren't going to be quite as many rebounds to go around. But we know Rocco, he gets steals, he gets blocks, he gets threes. He's improved his free throw percent even if he takes a big step backwards, an ADP of 65 is way too damn low. This next guy might be my second favorite old man squad dude, and that's Marcus Smart, who's just going to cakewalk into an AD, a, a value way ahead of his ADP of 80. A cakewalk. Kemba's hurt. Gordon Hayward's gone. Jeff Teague is in. They replaced those two guys two extraordinarily high-volume guys with Jeff Teague. And even if you say Kemba comes back, Smart is still in front of Teague in the pecking order. So they took two guys that were in front of Marcus Smart in the offensive pecking order, removed them, and brought in one guy who's behind him. So Smart, by all accounts, got a two-person bump. And Kemba will come back, at which point then Smart gets a one-player bump. But when he got a one-player bump last year, meaning when one of the starters was out and he moved into the starting lineup... He was inside the top 50 every night. Big steals, big threes, scored a lot more, just 
really enjoyed it by all by all accounts. I have his final rank at 50 this year and an ADP of 80. That's a huge value play. Same with the next couple of guys. Uh, next three guys, in fact. This is a great run here of ADPs in the 80s. OG Ananobi, ADP of 84, final rank. I have him at 49, which is actually lower than this last year. So I am in... I am including the idea that maybe he misses a couple of ball games, but I think his per game value comes better. He could actually beat that final rank of 49. You could see Ananobi in the early 40s this year, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. Because he's tough. He's going to see a lot of power forward minutes on that Toronto team, and that's good for him. Get everybody closer to the bucket. He's going to be more aggressive, and he's boring as hell. <laughs> Brooke Lopez, ADP of 88. He finished at 40 last year in 26 and a half minutes of ballgame. His role will be almost exactly the same. Even if you see the blocks come back down a little bit, I bet you see the three-pointers come back up a little bit. Uh, I am at 47 this year. Slight step back, but still beating his value by three and a half rounds. Al Horford, same general story. He was at 43 by totals last year in basically a worst-case scenario. His ADP is 91 I expect him to take rest games, but I also expect his per-game numbers to be significantly better. They sort of counterbalance against each other, and I have him at 51. He probably beats my final rank, but I went kind of conservative there with games played. Next couple are a little bit less fun, but we're getting towards the end of the run here. Evan Fournier, ADP of 105. He's boring, but his final rank is going to be about 73. That's where I've got him this year. He was 47 this last season. I have him taking a field goal percent step back this coming year. But otherwise, he, he probably can beat my final rank as well. If he stays relatively healthy, he can all, very easily get into the 60s. Duncan Robinson, ADP of 108. I have his final rank at 80. Also very boring. His final rank this last year was 59, by the way, pre-bubble. 5-9. So he probably beats my final rank of 80 also. But... I've built in some missed games for these guys that didn't really have them last year. Will Barton, ADP of 133. It's a little bit more fun, I guess. I have his final rank at 81. Uh, his final rank this last year was 58. He missed about a, a half dozen pre-bubble games, but I, I do have a fear that he'll miss more than that this coming season. Still, you know, you're talking about an 11th, 12th round guy that if that dude can get you top 80 level production, that's a massive victory. Tim Hardaway Jr., ADP of 139. You heard uh, Dr. A talk about him earlier in the show. I have him at around 90, final rank. And Terrence Ross, super boring. <laughs> talk about these guys. Uh, ADP of 145. I only went through the top 150 as I was building this list because after that, you know, you're not even really worried about drafting these guys. They're not even old man squad dudes at that point. They're waiver. They're free agent guys. So you don't even need to draft them. Uh, Terrence Ross is the last man on the old man chunk of this list. I have his final rank at 87, and I think he could actually go higher than that. I, I, was, I didn't want to say a number that would blow your mind, so I sort of artificially deflated him. But Terrence Ross was number 75 by totals last year, largely because he played in a lot of ball games. I mean, that's that's how you rack it up. If you're like a top 110 guy and you play in every ball game, by totals you'll be number 75. And we've talked about it before. In head-to-head, -head, that's actually useful. In a roto with a games cap, that's not that useful. So what I will present to you uh, evidentially instead is what Terrence Ross did down the stretch last year. 
in the final 15 games Orlando played, including the bubble, where they ratcheted up their team pace. Terrence Ross played 30 minutes a night, averaged 19 points on almost four three-pointers, gets fouled taking threes quite a lot, and he shot 91.5% of the free throw line, got a steal, uh, a little under four rebounds. That probably won't hold for an entire year, and shot 46% from the field. That also probably won't hold for a guy who takes mostly three-pointers. Still, over that stretch, that was a top 40 clip he was playing at. That will not hold. But you will probably see him inside the top 100 if Orlando does keep their foot on the gas. DJ Augustine leaving doesn't only help Markel Fultz. Every time you take a guy out from a team that played minutes, it helps other guys that play minutes anywhere near that spot on the floor. So where maybe last year they tried to wedge Markel Fultz into some shooting guard minutes next to Augustine... Terrence Ross might grab a couple of those. Or Fournier grabs those, and Ross is playing a little more at small forward. These little things matter. They matter. So I actually like Terrence Ross quite a bit, and if I didn't artificially deflate his mark, I would probably have Terrence Ross in the low 70s. I think he's actually a great late-round pick. Boring beyond recognition. Just just crazy-level boring. And now... The guys that I think will actually excite you the most, these are my non-boring value picks. These are the non-old men of the universe because I do think there's actually something fun about what they're going to do this year. I just think people are overlooking it. Again, this will go by ADP, and this is for anybody on the board outside the top 25. Pascal Siakam, his ADP is 32. I think his final rank is in the low 20s. I have him at 24. I could see him get as high as 21. But I think he has a better year this year. I think he has a healthier year this year. And that's the big key for me. I think he's just on the floor more. And he took a hit, I believe, in ADP this last year uh, precisely because he missed a bunch of ballgames. He did. You know, his per-game numbers weren't bad. Uh, Where was he at? 36 per game. 23.5 points, 7.5 rebounds. Uh, let's say his field goal percent gets ever so slightly better, and you call him yeah, 31, 32 per game. Uh, I think he's on the floor enough to to get himself into the early 20s by totals this year. So I like Siakam as kind of a non-boring value guy. DeJounte Murray is one of my favorite non-boring types. His ADP is 66. Uh, that's not early enough. It's not. Last year, by averages, he was number 71 in only 25 minutes a game. Even if you think his per-minute production doesn't quite keep up, this is a guy who's going to be up near 30 minutes a night this year. Maybe higher. That's a 20% bump. That's enormous. 11 becomes 13 points. 6 rebounds becomes 7 and change. 4 assists becomes 5 assists. 1.7 steals, could that go up to 2? Maybe. Even if it doesn't, all the other stuff alone moves him from a per-game 71 to a per-game 50-something. And if he's healthy, that puts him in the totals range inside the top 50 and getting close to 40. I actually think that he takes a tiny step forward as a basketball player as well. I believe DeJounte Murray is a third-round guy this year. There's your hot take for the show. Mitchell Robinson, ADP of 50, I believe he finishes as a third-round guy as well. I don't care that he's behind Nerlens Noel. I think they're gonna. I think that starting position is gonna bounce back and forth 
And in fact, I love the fact that uh, people are souring on Mitchell Robinson because he seemingly got demoted, because that just means his ADP is going to slip. By the way, last year, Mitchell Robinson, 23 minutes a game, number 34 by totals, 34. And that's right where I've got him this year. I got him finishing at 34 again. Here's an interesting one. Back to back. We'll just lump these guys together. Aaron Gordon and Blake Griffin. ADPs in the mid to late 80s. I believe Gordon finishes at 67 and Griffin at 72. I'm not targeting those guys, but I do think that if you're sitting on a ninth or an eighth round pick or a ninth round pick, those guys can get you stuff that you can't get elsewhere in those rounds. You can get old men in that range, but maybe you want some scoring. Wendell Carter Jr., ADP of 85. I believe he finishes at 64, which is decent, but not a uh, a mind-bending leap. Uh, Brandon Clark at 95. Now that we know he's healthy, which was really, uh, or healthy-ish, you know, he was dealing with groin stuff, but it was it was nice to know that he played. He played 18 minutes in their preseason game on Thursday, which is not much, but that's all I needed to see. I needed to know he was healthy enough to play. Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to miss a little time at the beginning of the year. That's a uh, bonus bump for Clark, but he's he's gonna do more. That's just all. That's all it really matters. Like you don't need to get deep into the analysis here. Uh, Brandon Clark uh, missed a, a handful of games last year, so by totals his numbers actually decreased on a per game basis. In fifty games, he was number seventy nine. 21.7 minutes per game. I mean, even that goes up to 23 or 24. You're talking about a top 70 guy. And then if he's healthy, top 60 inside of it, for sure. I have Clark at 61. Jeremy Grant, uh, his ADP is 99. I think he finishes at 75. Again, not super exciting, but a two-round value at that point. I'm not targeting him, but if he falls to me around 100, I'm taking him. And then my last two kind of sleeper guys, uh, we've mentioned in passing on this podcast, but I want to spend a little bit more time this weekend talking about them because, you know, now that ADPs have settled a bit, this is, uh, this is, I think these are, these are relevant guys. Um, one of them is Nerlens Noel, whose ADP is 119, but climbing. And that's why I'm not, I'm less excited there than I was even two weeks ago when I thought, oh, this guy's going to slip through. Not going to slip through quite as much now, uh, but Nerlens Noel is going to be probably a top sixty fantasy player this year. In, in in he doesn't need that many minutes. It's this it's the same story as Mitchell Robinson, who and I mean we talked about these guys uh, a month and a half ago when I was like, oh here's the depth chart. Remember we did our depth charts days. We talked about the Knicks having two viable fantasy centers because they could just split the minutes. Nerlens Noel who, by the way, missed some eight, nine games last year during the pre-bubble regular season in, let me see play last year, 18 and a half minutes a game. He was number 76 by totals, and he was right around that by averages. You boost that into the low 20s, and you're talking about a top 50 guy. Per game, top 60 totals, I would think top 50. Same story for Mitchell Robbins. They're, 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 they're the same story. Mitch Robb slightly more upside just because of the rampant dunking and blocking. And for Noel, he gets a little bit of both, steals and blocks. And then the other one, and I don't think this guy's getting nearly enough attention, is Norman Powell. And a lot of folks will tell you, well, it's because he did a lot of his damage when one of the Raptors was hurt last year. Yeah, but the Raptors are going smaller this year. 
Gasol and Serge are gone. Aaron Baines is not going to take all of those minutes, nor is Chris Boucher going to take all of those minutes. There are going to be many stretches this year where Siakam's playing the five, Ananobi's at the four, and they're running a three-guard backcourt. Lowry, Van Vliet, and Powell. Norm, Norm would play small forward. And he's not a tiny guy. Norman Powell's not big enough to be a traditional small forward, but he's 6'4". He can hang with other dudes that are 6'5", 6'6". It's not going to be that insane. Uh, so he's going to be on the court more this year with starters. Uh, I'm not worried about it. He played 28 and a half minutes per game last year and and was was stellar. He was stellar when he was on the floor. He missed a bunch of time, just couldn't quite get back from his different injuries. But look, in 28 and a half minutes a game last year, he was number 54 by averages. Both percentages very good. Yeah, that boosts his numbers because that's a stat people don't pay attention to. Both percentages good, steals good as well. You're getting a boost in things that people don't pay attention. Norman Powell, I think he stays healthier this year, and I have him finishing uh, in the 60s. I think his total value at the end of the year is in the 60s, and his ADP is close to 120. And that might be my favorite non I guess he could be an old man squad guy but he's too young isn't he oh well all right there's your list that's your world's biggest show legends of fantasy old man squad day hope you guys enjoyed it that was uh that was a heavy lift um long show long show but you got all weekend to listen to it so again I'll remind you all please do follow me on twitter at dan Bespris. subscribe to the podcast we do these five days a week people we'll get you through your fantasy season with victories I'd love it if you stuck with us and this became one of, if not your main fantasy podcast going forward. At Dan Bespris again, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or just Google search Dan from Hoopball. Check out your fantasy pass. Drop a five-star review on the pod. That also helps in addition to the subscription. And I think that's basically it at this point. I'm trying to think of anything else that uh, I want you guys to know before we sign off for the weekend. And when we come back, it'll be... The day before the the season starts, but uh, I I mean I think that's I think that's all the big stuff. Big thank you to our our partners here on the show, mybookie.ag. Sign up with promo code hoopball and manscaped.com. The promo code is hoopball twenty. You can get twenty percent off and free shipping on all items over at our buddies at manscaped.com. And, uh, yeah, that's it for real this time. Big thank you to Steve Alexander, Dr. A, you know him as, the great Aaron Bruski, our founder here at HoopBall. I am Dan Baspris. Have a wonderful weekend. Good luck in your drafts, everybody. We'll talk to you on Monday. This has been a hoop ball presentation.